Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders like you get the knowledge and skills you need to impact more people and live the life you've always wanted. Get ready to experience tools, tips, and advice by the co-founders of Giant and best-selling authors, Jeremy Kubacek and Steve Cockrum. Hey friends, welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast. I am Jeremy Kubitschek, and as always, what's up, Steve-O? Well, thank you. I think of the, the million episodes we've done, that's an underwhelming introduction. You <laughs> said something really nice about me. Don't go all British on me. I've been, trying to, I've, been, I've been lapping up the American affirmation. And there's Steve. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Over to my good friend, the slightly uh, Jeremy Kubitschek, though. Uh, we, we tend to build people up and then with the very last thing before they walk on stage or start the podcast, just cut them down just a little bit so that they yeah. not get too much above their station. So. Yeah, remember who you really are, right? I mean, you're, you're not yeah. all that. Yeah. Hey, dude. Yes, we've, um, been, we, we've had some memories and reminders of our sort of colonial past and empire and all the other accusations that have been thrown at us from uh, your girl who's robbed our prince and taken him to the other side of the world. Uh, How's got, it playing over your part of the world? You know, I mean, uh, yeah, Harry, and I, I think it's uh, what is? Hang on, what is her name again? Megan. Uh, Megan. Oh my gosh, that shows you how how into it I am. <laughs> Harry and Megan. This is going to be this is going to be a great feature of the podcast, Jeremy. I'm glad you've done the research. <laughs> Did you not get your paper? No, it's so it's so funny. Here, here's like I'm obviously uh, you know a very charming male. No, I'm joking. Cool. I'm a white guy who's, you know, I'm I'm clueless on certain things around uh, social, and this is one of them. But I'm so interested to hear your thoughts, your take on it. But to my, to most of us in America, it's like, what in the world? What? <laughs> but a lot of a lot of people are like, who's Harry? Yeah. And what's this deal? And you know, yeah. there's probably some really strong opinions, which is, you know, from the oh yeah, she's. She's played it very, very coy here. Yeah, what a, what an interesting play she's making and leveraging all of the superstars in America. So, I don't think it's yeah. very favorable over here. In my okay. opinion. Interesting, interesting. Uh, the, I think the thing is that the media love this stuff. I mean, totally. you you couldn't. It's really like a proper royal soap opera where you you know usually the. The, the Queen's motto for his 70 years of rule was never, never explain, never complain. That was literally whatever you said, the Queen would say nothing. And that's really how the, the monarchy has, has survived, because in a sense, it can't defend itself without causing difficulty. And now you've got this scenario where um, all of that's being challenged. So I think, you know, you ask me what my take on it is. I think, firstly, it's just desperately sad. I think families are incredibly precious. Um, all families are complicated. But if you go so far, eventually it becomes really hard to come back. And I thought they did a real good job to try and make Meghan and Harry feel part of the show again for the Queen's funeral. And they went on walkabouts with them. And I think when you find that they were recording this back in 2020 in and basically lining up what they're going to do, it, it's... I guess it's really hard on this side of the pond to have huge sympathy. I think everyone feels that, you know, Harry, I mean, the things he had to deal with as a small child, we hope no one ever has to deal with. And we're certain that the royal family was never 
particularly emotionally close when it came to sort of the relationship between parents and children. But you kind of look at it and go, gosh, guys, you've sold your soul to Netflix. Right. And for a hundred million, I hope it was worth it because once your story's told, I'm not sure what else you've got to tell. Um, other than the Royal family did you wrong. You didn't have the perfect childhood, you know, your wife, you know, yes, the, the media and the royalty and celebrity, there's a very careful dance. And, you know, was it difficult for Megan? Sure. It was, um, is the British aristocracy, upper class royalty, incredibly warm, loving, fuzzy. Don't think so, but did they try? So I just look at it as just a real deep sadness because I don't know how you come back from this. This looks calculated. It looks manipulative. I don't think they've told the truth again. Yeah. And I think it just feels grubby. You know, mm-hmm. it's really hard to feel sorry for them when they're filming in their $14 million California mansion with the chickens and go, our life is just so difficult. And, you know, we feel really persecuted. <laughs> I'd love them to go over to Ukraine and spend a couple of weeks living without electricity <laughs> and hot water and then go, you tell us how wrong do you feel now? Uh, there we go. I, I did my look, best. <laughs> let's, play, let's play a game then. Let's, um, the game is winning or losing. Okay. So yeah, okay. Uh, let's just go winning or losing. Uh, Harry, Megan, winning or losing? Right now, I think they're about all square, but I think they'll lose big time. Okay. All right, so let's go monarchy, winning or losing. You know, monarchy at the moment is neutral. It will be fine. The thing is about the monarchy is it survived far more pressing matters than Harry and Meghan. And every time you think it's done, it finds a way back. Do you know why? Because it has no power. And fundamentally, people quite like it. And all the things about peerages and state dinners and medals and things from the Queen or King as it is now. Do you know there's something about the way the British system works? And to undo the monarchy would be to basically undo the entire unwritten constitution. You guys have all your fun trying to interpret the constitution from X hundred years ago with the Supreme Court. We don't even have one. Ours is all just precedent and basically the monarchy, the politics the church all of them are entwined in the dna of this country so i'm not a you know massive huge monarchy fan but i i'm I'm certainly don't believe that the alternatives are better and i think a lot of people come to britain because of the pageantry and the history and it's the only thing we've got left that we're better at than america by the way (laughs) history and pageantry i think that's probably probably about the only thing we have Uh, left yeah you guys are definitely better at monarchy than we are for sure (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes, yes. Uh, right. I can feel a song from Hamilton coming on. Yeah, there <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. There was a re- no. I actually valued it when I lived there. I didn't know it until I lived there. What it actually yeah. meant, and then I'm like, oh, okay. It took me a few years to get it, but yeah. uh, okay. I got one more for us to talk oh. about, and I'm uh, winning or losing. Okay. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh, let, me, let me give you my let me give you my interpretation. Come on, give us the interpretation first. of Elon. Go on. Uh, so, is Elon Musk winning or losing? And you know, he's he's a interesting bloke. He's uh, he's got Aspergers. He's got he's on the spectrum. Yes. So because of that, he's so uh, people don't know how to handle that or work with him. He's obviously a, a genius. I mean, he's obviously brilliant. And so, if you on one hand you go, is he losing with Twitter? I think he would be 
right now, actually, I think he's all square in a really interesting way. But I think he's long term, he's still winning. But I do think he got distracted to his vision with Twitter. Um, but you know, what is his vision? I mean, his, part of his vision is I want to go to Mars, and I want. <laughs> but if you think of the things that he's done, yeah. yeah, it's just it's unbelievable, and it has this feeling of goodwill. Yeah, I, meaning I want to make uh, batteries available for everyone. Uh, he doesn't have patents. He open sources everything on patents. Mm. Uh, he shares technology on getting to Mars and different places, you know. So it, it's interesting to me. So then on Twitter, it was like, hey, I want everyone to be able to speak and I want to open it up and, and it's created all types of chaos, right? So, um, but but I'm just curious to see. It'll be fun to see what happens in 20 years, like what was his impact. But, you know, you just opened up this chat I know you've been playing with it, this AI technology. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, if you haven't checked this out, it's ChatGPT. He was the original founder of it. I think he he got out of it in 2019, but he he was behind it, the source behind it. And tell him what you've experienced, Steve. Like, what have you been playing with with it? This is like Harry Potter mudblood speaking to pure blood. So forgive me. So, in a sense in a way that I don't fully understand. So you can have a look at openai.com is where you start if you want to set up an account. But you can ask this bot anything about the world and what's going on. If you ask the right question, it provides literally coherent copy. You can ask it to write a poem about Jerry and Steve on their podcast that rhymes, and it will do it. Um, I put in, you know, how does an ENTP and an ISFJ do marriage well? Just so, and I'm like going, this is incredible. This is describing okay. hell and hey. So put in a, can you pull it up real fast? Can you like do it live and go put in, a, write a haiku about Jeremy and Steve. Write a poem about Jeremy and Steve's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what it, it spits back. Let's see. Here we go. And, and what would be so fun is, um, I mean, the, the power of technology. Well, think about what this will do to term papers in college. Uh, it, I think the thought of you and I doing a live AI experiment online was always going to be limited. So, for whatever, I think nothing's happening at the moment. <laughs> but it did, it, it does work. Um, so, there we go. Look. And, and uh, I see what it is. I typed in a question before what are the metrics of the highest performing team? And oh. it's now spitting out an essay on that. So, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. yeah. You can do it again. Do it again, and we'll, we'll have it at the end of our, our time. All right, then. Okay, there we go. Never work with dogs, animals, artificial intelligence, and people, <laughs> over, and, and people over the age of 50. It was That's all about the input. It was all about the input. <laughs> yes, it's all about the input, which obviously leaves me looking particularly foolish. So thanks <laughs> for that, Anyway, that's a nice segue where we can um, – we, we thought that one of the things that we spend a lot of our time doing with Giant um, is helping people understand their superpowers. And I think it's one of the things I love most about voices is to go, every person has superpowers. And those superpowers are, if not unique to them, certainly ways in which they get to be at their best. One of the things that we always start with is asking people, do you know what your superpowers are? Because if if you don't know what your superpowers are, it's really hard sometimes to function the best way you can. So as a man with considerable superpowers, Jess. Give us an example for you. If I say, you know, think out loud, be 
I'm not expecting you to be word perfect, but if you were to give us a little bit more, what do you think are some of the superpowers that are just built into you when you're at your absolute best? And do you think like handsome would be, is that one of the superpowers for me that I would start with? (laughs) I I think, I think it's probably a superpower is something that you get to keep. So obviously (laughs) your, your rugged good looks probably, you know, right now you look like a movie star, but 30 years from now, will that still be a superpower? It may be knowing you, but certainly Uh, it's not happened. So no, the, the, I love it. It, It's, it's really fun because I think the superpowers are a journey. And for all of you that are listening, if you had to ask, uh, answer the same question. What are your superpowers? Well, it's a process of being secure and confident in them and then being humble with those. And I think for me, uh, I know what I, my, my superpowers are. I know how to activate people. I think it's part of my calling where I know how to uh, see the best in people and see who they really could be and should be and almost encourage and and will them into that. And And I really... Um, helping people come in to their peace um, as it relates to knowing who they are. And uh, so the encouragement part is probably a superpower of mine. Uh, I think taking complex things and making them simple. I think that's you and I, that's a superpower of both of us. But mm-hmm. I think um, that's something that I'm um, adept at and have been given almost a God-given talent to help people uh, understand things mm-hmm. uh, and apply them in a way that's very, very practical. That helps them um, heal, uh, helps them take things out of themselves, and then um, you know calls them up into uh, who they really are. So um, I think that would be some of my yeah. superpowers. Yeah, good. I I would say as well. I think you're an, you're a natural encourager of people. I think you call people up, to, like you say, to the, their very best. But I think that ability to be able to um, be such an encouragement to so many people—that's another thing that I think very few people have the ability to do that consistently on a regular basis. So yeah, I mean, I was racking my brains for my superpower, and obviously the first one I came to was effortless humility. And yes. just thought, you know, not so everyone is as humble as I am. I mean, so it, it just comes naturally to me. So that's uh, no, that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> um, I think if you ask me, superpowers, our, our superpowers definitely overlap and complement each other. I, I'd say that basically, similar to you, I think I see potential in people that they haven't seen themselves. I think I have a way of helping people, I guess, through some of the Yoda skills to be able to open people up quite quickly to the point where they trust me and we'll talk about the deepest things of their life and their calling. And I'm usually, it's usually helping them live into who they were made to be. And then probably as well, I really enjoy the, I mean, it's the, the challenge sometimes to go, how would you design a roadmap towards that future based around the way that you are made to be at your best? And in many ways, the things that are unique to you and passionate about you so that's kind of one of them i think that um and i think one of the superpowers i'm probably most proud of is one that is not by nature naturally me i think i've i spent a long time thinking through how do you multiply unconscious competence how do you how do you really um invest for the long term in people so that actually they can do what you do so i think that bit around apprenticeship probably is a learned superpower mm-hmm. 
Yep, and it's probably 13 it. years since I started trying, but I'd say that's probably one that I'm not proud of, uh, back to humility again, but I think that's one of the ones which I kind of felt I really would like that to be a superpower. So what I like about that is it, you're not just defined by nature. There are certain things we're naturally good at, but I like the fact that you can actually choose work on something that you want to be much better at than you actually are. So superpowers, I think, are a great vocabulary and language and it's just important that basically we learn to identify and celebrate the superpowers of those around us, whether it's our kids, our families, our teams, our organizations. It makes such a difference when people feel they're valued in that way. Absolutely. And and then the complementary piece of it. So in, in our business, to be able mm-hmm. to create and write content, then yeah. the things that overlap work really well. Um, the areas where you go deeper, it's almost like uh, Avengers. You know, you have... <laughs> Thor and Iron Man, and they have they have complementary, and then they have their own superpowers. So the same with like you mentioned, but family. But if you're listening to this, um, this would be a great topic for mm. your spouse and to have this conversation. Like, hey, listen, what are your superpowers? And honor uh, mm. the superpowers of the uh, of your spouse, and yeah. really share it in that way. I think that would go a long way. Obviously, mm-hmm. but even just to dissect it and figure out how that benefits your family and uh, those around you. It's a great question. Hey, by the way, the poem has come up. This is basically, this is, I said to this AI bot, write a poem about Jeremy and Steve's podcast rhyming. Okay, here we go. This is live. It's never been written before. The Jeremy and Steve podcast show is always filled with fun and flow. They chat and laugh and share their views on everything from politics to shoes. Their humor and wit never fail. They keep the listeners engaged and enthralled. They bring a fresh and lively perspective to the topics they discuss with great respect. Their chemistry is off the charts and their friendship is truly heart to heart. They bounce ideas off each other and challenge each other like no other. So if you want to be entertained, tune in to the Jeremy and Steve podcast, Oh So Game. They'll make you laugh and think and smile, if only for a while. How cool (laughs) is that? That is unbelievable. (laughs) That, that's literally what it sounds like. So oh I don't know who's more stunned that I managed to get the AI bot to actually do what I asked it. Yes. The quality of it even captured, I think, hopefully, it felt like they, they knew us, didn't they, really? Yeah, so. That's really good. That's so fun. <laughs> so, um, all right, so let's go on to the uh, the next question. And today we're really interviewing ourselves. It's not that we didn't have someone. We really usually have someone. <laughs> But we decided, you know, it's the end of the year. Why don't we just interview each other and really be able to talk deeper about uh, the things that we're most interested in? Um, so are you, Steve, are you, uh, you mentioned that. Are you able right now, are you feeling like you've maximized your superpowers this past year? Have you been able to live into those? And and where or what, like use 70-30 or whatever yeah, okay. tool you want to use? So the question I always ask people at dinner parties because – I said, if money wasn't the issue and I would help you do whatever you wanted to be able to do in terms of capital and relationships, what would you be doing with your life if I removed the classic obstacles that most people have? And they go, well, I don't know. Give me a number. I say, well, you know, if I gave you $250,000 a year, index linked and paid the college fees, and I would invest in whatever you wanted, what would you do? And I was thinking that's, a gr- again, if you want another great question to ask around the dinner table or to friends. And the honest answer, Jeremy, is I always find now, I go, I'm not sure I would be doing that much different to what I am at the moment. 
So in a sense, I think you and no, I... I don't need to give you the money? No, no. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. I think if you and I go back to when we started this adventure like nearly 10 years ago, and we asked what would we choose to do if we literally had our heart's desire, very few people ever get to see that happen. So in the sense of creating transformational change in people and helping them multiply, building a business, helping other people build their own businesses and be multipliers of liberation... It doesn't really get much better than that. I think what I would say, though, is to go, um, there are always cycles I find in my um, life where I maybe have margin versus am I maxing my superpowers. So in a sense, I've come to the end of an apprenticeship cycle with the four who started three years ago with me, and I haven't yet got a new group. So I've actually realized how much time goes into that process. And I'm almost going, I want to create space for what is next. So I've got some ideas of what that could be, but I still continue, I think, to maximize the superpowers that I have. So in a sense, but I would also say that certainly in the last three, four months, as I've become aware of a increasing amount of time available, for the first time in my life, I haven't felt oh, my goodness, I really ought to find something to do. So I kind of sit here at the end of the year, hugely excited for what's going to happen next year, almost feel like Giant is pregnant with what's next. Obviously, you know, forgive me for that phrase if you're of the fairer sex and have had babies because I don't understand. But I, I feel I know my superpowers. I know what I'm really good at. And in some ways, I'm ready for new challenge but I'm not in a hurry because it's not out of a sense of I have to prove myself to myself or that I have a big identity gap to fill. It's more I don't want to launch into something new until I'm absolutely sure it's the most strategic, refined, and hopefully God-inspired next frontier. So there you go. I'll ask you the same question, or you can clarify any of that if you want to, but that's how I thought about answering the question. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really helpful. It's really good, and I and I would agree with that. I think that's a, I think that's a great end of year uh, reflection, reflective time anyway to ponder mm-hmm. that and think about because it's really maximizing your talents. It's maximizing mm-hmm. what you have, and I, what we as people have have mm-hmm. done, and what our superpowers are. And I think they superpowers can get dusty, you yeah. know, and you can people can lose them if you're not using them. And people can forget them or they can try to take on other people's superpowers. And yes. I think you've done a really good job of saying that this is what I'm really good at. Um, yeah. So for me, I think I would, I would answer the question of um, just maximizing the superpowers. I, I uh, am a connector creative pioneer for those who don't know. And so our vision is to raise up liberators in every city and sector in the world. And that is the driving force for me. And so because it's so much, so I'm always looking at what sectors should we be in and what cities can we be in? And so I'm so pleased, and this is in partnership, uh, but you know, we opened up through Mike Opadal, uh, collectively as partnering, we opened up Kathmandu. We're in Nepal doing work in Kathmandu near Mount Everest. And you're like, that is so cool with everything that we've written about and all of that, mm-hmm. but the growth of Giant and the scale of it. So I spend most of my time working with uh guides and i'm last night i was with a group i had a guide fly in from atlanta i'm meeting with them to activate them 
and fuel them on on scaling liberation around the world. And that's the city part. The sector part is I'm super excited. Um, you know, I've been building uh, businesses, sector businesses uh, in the sports world. And I think we've finally got it organized and I'm excited for that. And then with my son, uh, with six summers, with Will doing a father-son, kind of really a father-kid um, program that helps dads become intentional. So those are sectors. So I think from my skill set and my superpowers, the ability to create out of nothing mm. and build it. You know, we're building a wedding venue and a retreat center mm. for people to mm. do retreats. So I have plenty of plates spinning right now, uh, but they all fit my superpower very well. And they're all being, they're moving towards establishment. Mm -hmm. And the goal is between now and 55 years old, which is four years to be clear for this, um, is I want to, I want to have these things established so that they're running, they're being led well by people. And I'm not the CEO of any of them. And I get to apprentice and encourage people and, and use my skills to help them build something substantial. So that's been really fun. I think that's so good. And I, I see that in you and celebrate it in some ways as well. The, I think the question for you listening is again to you is have you, once you've identified your superpowers, hopefully have you maximized them and are you really using them? Because the 7030 tool really is one of those sort of simple giant lenses, which asks the question, how much of your life and time are you spending doing the things that you are by nature naturally gifted to do? So in voices, that's how much really using your first two voices. So if you've listened, Jeremy has been using his Connector Creative Pioneer an awful lot. It fits his superpower and it fits what he's been doing. So therefore, the, the assumption would be Jeremy has worked unbelievably hard and traveled an awful lot more probably than, than most of us have this year. But the premise would be is, though it's physically tiring, actually at the core of who you are at that identity piece your 70-30 is well in balance. Therefore, though you can be physically tired, there is a deep sense of peace and a sense of fulfillment that what you are doing aligns with what you were made for with the superpowers you've been given. So that's my hypothesis, and you're uh, nodding. So I'm assuming that's probably true. Yeah, and this is going to be – this would be fascinating to hear. Uh, I am at 80-20 mm. for the first time in my working career. Boom. Uh, I have, you know, you think about when we were starting mm. Giant or before Giant, I was at 40-60, <laughs> yeah. 50-50 for years, 60-40. Wow. I, I eventually, it went from like 60-40 to 75-25. So, so for those of you who are listening, think about, can you spend, uh, how much time are you spending in your sweet spot? The things that bring you life versus the things when you have to take the trash out or write those reports or whatever. So I'm I'm really it's a really a great end of year to go yeah I'm at eighty twenty and so that's you know, really that's, great. that's probably one of the most I'm so I'm thrilled for you because I think you, you you always have this incredible work ethic and also this sense of responsibility for everybody else's well being I think it's just part of your sort of farming background only child and for me I think those who love you most of which I hope you would count me as one to actually go. I would love you to be able to be in a place where actually you could simply choose to do more of what you would do. And I think that's a, you know, what an amazing celebration, Jez. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Good for you. No, that's it's really fun. So I'm glad you you created that tool, Steve. That was really uh, a helpful <laughs> one. Uh, all right. So I like to call it Cochrane's Law because it feels arrogant, and I'm dealing with the, yeah. obviously the effortless humility and how I started it, the podcast. It's probably so. better at 70:30, but just yeah, right, uh, fair enough. <laughs> it's so good. Got one. Why can't hey, so I? so this, <laughs> let's get into uh, we, we look back. Let's get into 2023. Can you believe that? Um, what are you excited about in the coming year? Like what, what are you, and it could be your, it, it doesn't have to be all, it could just be no, pick no. one self, family, okay. team, community. Um, I, I'm excited for the discovery of going, there are things that I will do that I'm not completely sure about yet. There's little rumblings and I feel like there's some new projects, some that we will do. I've got something rumbling with jazz. who's a good friend of mine in the kind of parenting space and, taking me out of my comfort zone into the non-political correctness of the world. So I'm excited about that. I think I think I need um, a new frontier, which is not as easy for me. I think I'm, everything I do at the moment, I'm good at and I, I'm able to do. I, I'm looking for something. I'm excited to have something which I'm not as good at as I could be and ideally not as good at as someone else. So that's one of the things I'm excited about for next year for me. What about you? What are you excited uh, for next year for you? You know, I'm excited uh, for Giant um, because of what we've been working hard at. For those who don't know, we've been transitioning uh, mm-hmm. to Multiply. We were so good. We have this concept called 100X. For those of you who know us, 100 means get healthy. X is Multiply. So we were really, really good. We're always good at 100 and helping people get healthy. But we were good at talking about multiplication and good at doing it, but not on the global for, the, for organizations. Yeah. We didn't have the technology until 2019. We really started that. And it really has been coming into its own. And this uh, coming year, we're about to launch the giant operating system that I really believe will be a fundamental foundational leadership piece. I think we, we've learned how to unlock the potential of people mm-hmm. and learned how to help companies use it inside their organizations. And I think it's going to be the start of an amazing run. And I know how much work we've all put into it on the giant side. And I'm super excited for all of that and all the testing we've done. <laughs> and I just feel like um, I think it's going to be a significant year of impact. Um, last night, I had a lady from Boston who is in the energy. She's a, um, a women's energy network. And she she came to me and she looked at me and she goes, you don't know. I'm like, what? <laughs> you have no idea what you've done in my family and, oh. and in our team. And she was talking about our tools and she was talking about Giant, all the things. She goes... It's radically revolutionized. She said, we have another group we worked with for 15 years. Mm. And your work has literally thrown them out. It's just not, we realized it wasn't great. It was good, but yours is amazing. And it's radically changing our teams and our our company. And thank you. You know, is that Mm. kind of a level? And I'm like, yeah, now we have the technology to be able to do that. So Mm. I'm just super, super excited for hard hard work to yeah. come to fruition it's just like a farmer plant seeds water plant <laughs> water plant you know fertilize and then ta-da and then you get to have a little bit of harvest and it's not mm-hmm. just financial but it's like the relational harvest the 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 impact harvest 
I, I yeah, no, agreed. I was going to put that in team and organisation circle of influence, but I, I I love the way you're so task focused that the kind of that we just go straight to work, Jess. That's great. no, I just picked one out of the, <laughs> all the circles. Pick one circle. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you meant pick one thing. No, no, I, no sorry. I, I know, no, no, it was my fault. But I, I, I agree with you. I love Bron- Bronson, our CEO, always said to us, and he said, guys, it takes 10 years of disciplined, dedicated, consistent hard work by people who really believe in something to become an overnight sensation. And uh, at the time you think, oh, that's really unhelpful. Um, we'd like to be an overnight sensation, ideally overnight. But if we look at where we've come from, and I think what we've learned along the way, and the place we are now, I'm with you. I mean, this will be one when we come back to this podcast. I think you and I, I would call, I, I think we are optimistic pessimists, aren't we really? Or pessimistic optimists that we kind of have been around the entrepreneurial mountain a few times, but it feels different this time. And I'm with you. I go, most entrepreneurs never do the work of establishment. That That's my conclusion because it's taken, so. We, startups, great, we love startups. But doing the work of establishment so you can truly do expansion, I don't think I grasped when we wrote that tool how profound the insight that is and how much longer establishment takes. And my read of it is we're nearly through it and that actually come 2023, we will see, um, I suspect, pretty rapid expansion towards a vision that you and I have held in our hearts, or you for even longer, but in terms of alignment of it, to go, what would it be like to give our lives to raise up liberating leaders who can change their leadership culture in every major city sector in the world? And I think the fortune, the the kind of the, the excitement is also just a humble joy of going, I meet a lot of people now who are 50 ish gone, which is what I am. And obviously you are a lot younger than me, Joe's by at least six months. But I think some people have looked now and they sit there and they go, the trajectory of my life is now set. I'm doing this job. I've got a number of years to go before I pay my pension. How that the sense in which we're still going after a, a dream that motivates us every single day to give our life for somebody, something and some people who are bigger than who we are. And I think that's the bit I always say to people is to go, life's too short to settle. Mm-hmm. That in a sense, for some people, listen, this is my final thought, and then you do yours, is to go, I guess it's so easy as you get older to become, to settle for what you already have. And I think my challenge to myself, I know you live it all the time, is to go, how do I not be the person who settles? How do I be the person who actually carries on pushing towards the frontier, the vision, committing to use the superpowers to the best of my ability or maximize them, as you say, because I feel that tension sometimes. I never thought I would. I never thought I'd feel that kind of sense of, have we done enough? But that's my kind of new year thing. Again. I want I want to be, I want to be better next year. And I want to be, I want to be on the front end of using superpowers to push out what we're doing. So that was my final thought for myself. But what about you? Yeah, yeah. I would say this for anyone listening. I mean, like, uh, think bigger and higher about your purpose and your superpowers and what you're called to do. Like, what do you want? What's your vision? Yeah. And I love vision. I think vision is amazing. Um, vision is really this idea of this is who I am. This is what I want. And it starts to, to, to shape. And it's almost like your roadmap uh, mm. for your life. So at the end of this year, at this podcast to go, you know, 
who am I really? And what am I really supposed to be doing? And what do I want this year? I know it's not just, I want to lose some pounds. I want to this or that. I mean, like, what is it that you want? And I think for me, that's becoming very crystal clear. So I'm super excited to be able to live into that this year. Now, it's been some years, it's been very foggy. It's been hard to see uh, what the what the next year is. And so that, you know, each year is a little different. There's certain circumstances. Uh, that's part like of the peace index. Sometimes maybe your people are off or the place is off or your personal health. There's something you can't control. But what can you control? Control the controllables and to think about really um, giving some time to mm-hmm. dream and think about what you want for the new year. That would be my cool. encouragement to you. Do you want one more poem, Jess? And the AI put call up to follow your vision poem. You ready? Let's go. Rise up, O oh brave and bold. It's time to follow your vision and never grow old. But for too long, you've been held back by fear and doubt and lack. And now is the time to break free and chase your dreams with glee. Your vision is a beacon bright, guiding you towards your destiny's might. So ignore the naysayers and the skeptics and trust in yourself and your abilities. For you are capable of greatness and you have what it takes to succeed. So rise up, O oh brave and true. Follow your vision. It's time to shine through. So don't hesitate and don't hold back. Go forth and seize your dreams and never look back. For the world is waiting for you to show them all you can do. How cool is this? I'm going to be a poet hey. now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just oh, keep these. Steve Cockrum. Oh my gosh! I'll, hey. I'll put it out on I'll put it out on Twitter later. Then it's inside yes. the property that we own. So that's so funny. Yeah, I, so, I reckon you know, I could write romantic letters to my wife again. Do we even need a podcast? Can we just let <laughs> AI do it? We just like uh, ask a question and then let it come out. We just read it. We should never have told our. No. We should never have told our five million we were doing this. Damn <sighs> it. We just gave them our source code. There well, you go. Or when you realize we are actually behind AI. It's actually <laughs> Steve and I. <laughs> uh, uh, if, only, if only the boys who really understand this stuff could see us, they would they would smile and go, we're really pleased that you gents are really excited about the new world, even if you have no idea how it works. So, that's so great fun. conversation, my friend. Yeah, thank likewise, you. Appreciate man. you. Well, ha- have a Merry Christmas. And, yeah, thank uh, you. We'll see you on the other side. All right, friends, take care. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great one. Cheers. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, whether live or remote, Jeremy Kubitschek speaks to audiences all over the world. Jeremy is a best-selling author, international speaker, and co-founder of Giant Worldwide. He has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Whether you're looking to impact your executive team, your entire organization, or if you're hosting a public event, go to jeremykubitschek.com to learn more.